Hello and welcome to Journeys in Grace. Hello, my name is uh, Eric Hubbard. I want to thank you for joining us as we continue our study in the Word of God. And today we will continue a series called Feasting on Jesus. Again, it's called Feasting on Jesus. And before we begin, I'll give you a couple of ways to reach us. First, by mail at Pastor Eric at Post Office Box 4473, Marietta, Georgia 30061. Or you can email us at uh, Pastor Eric 523 at gmail.com. That's Pastor Eric523 at gmail.com. And again, we're going to continue our study on uh, <clears throat> feasting on Jesus. And last uh, week and uh, maybe a couple of um, teachings prior, we talked about how that a feast is a lavish dinner. It's a dinner that uh, we could consider or when you've ever been to a uh, banquet, I would, that would be a better way of uh, putting it in our day. Or in a, uh, I would say American um, American uh, lingo is to say that uh, it's like a banquet, where um, or even go even further, it's like a buffet. Put it that way, a buffet where there's all that you can eat, all the vegetables, fruit, meats, bread, you name it, is there, and you eat till you feel, until you are filled to the full. And when you are doing this, you recognize that man, I just whatever I choose, whatever I want, whatever taste I have. Then that's what you get if it's uh, if you're a meat person, if you're a vegetarian, if you're a fruit person, if you're a bread person. Just whatever you want, you can have this because you are at a banquet, you are at a buffet, you are at a feast, and that um, that owner, that person that invited you, the host, they want you to be satisfied, and that's what we want to convey in this message on feasting on Jesus. That God has given us an abundant supply an abundant supply has been provided to us and through us uh, through Christ and for us because he desires that we would have everything that we need in this life the bible says that he became poor that we might be, be rich jesus stripped himself of all of his majesty and everything that uh that would that would the, the with the natural eye that a man would look on at him and say you know what that's the Son of God. But with a revelation, that's how Jesus was discovered by his disciples, by those who saw him manifest. They didn't look on his outward appearance. Because again, we all know the common scriptures that says, man looks on the outward appearance, but God looks on the heart. And when you look to the heart of the matter, when you can have discernment, where you can discern the not only the actions, but the intent behind the action. And that's what the Bible says. That's what the word of God said. The word will do. It will discern between the thoughts and the intents of the heart. It goes down to the very spirit of the matter, the heart of the matter, of the intents of what you are trying to do. Well, there are many times that you could be trying to do the right thing and you get the wrong result or you don't, you don't get the expected result, but yet your heart was there and you were trying to do the right thing. And though others from the outside may see, uh, oh, that didn't work out right. I didn't, didn't get what they intended. No, you didn't get what you intended, but your heart was there to say, Father, this is how I want to please you. This is what you are, how you are leading me. I'm going to follow your word. I'm going to follow your will. And I believe if I do this, Lord, then you will get glory in the end. So we're going to start out today in the book of St. Mark. St. Mark. I'm going to start reading around the fourth chapter of St. Mark 4. And again, continuing on about feasting on Jesus. And this is Jesus talking. He says, so is the kingdom of God 
as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day and the seed should spring and grow up. He knoweth not for the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself. He says first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. And what the Lord was talking about here was that as we go deeper in our study today, he's talking about how that how the word of God not only is cast out, he's talking about the seed, how the seed is put out and how that farmer in hope and that farmer has a vision of what he sees. He's got to uh, a farmer doesn't just put seed out and say, oh, OK, I'm going to put this out there and what comes up, what comes up? No. What he does is whatever vegetable, whatever fruit, if he's planting trees, he's expecting that apple tree. And he knows there is a time that that apple seed doesn't produce apples the next year. But an apple tree requires uh, timing. It, it requires that, that, that tree to come up out of the ground, that grow branches, that, that the trunk, it must be fed and it must be given healthy food in order for it to produce the apples that that farmer is, 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 uh, is desiring. So for we're talking about corn, which is a seasonal uh, vegetable. You know that in the beginning of, of the spring, uh, in the spring of the year, that farmer prepares the soil. Then in our day, he, he, he takes out the weeds and, and, and fertilizes it and turns the soil over. And then he plants in the seed. And then by, by uh, if it's, if the, if the, if it's, uh, it's not timely watered, he knows he's got to water it or the moderate rain must come so that that corn seed, that, 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 that seed will get what it needs to come out of the ground. And when Jesus said it's first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, he's talking about season and he's talking about timing. And see, when we're talking about receiving the word of God and even the very purpose in our lives, we must know there's a time and a season for all things. There's a season to plant, there's a season of waiting, as a season of of uh, uh, where you must take care of that seed and you must take out the weeds and you must fertilize it. And then you got to see it grow and you have to wait on it. Then it's the time where the ears will, will, will begin to show in that stalk of corn. And then at harvest time, that's when it's that's when the farmer goes and reaps from his labor. We can say the same thing about the word of God, how that it's got to you must take in. We, each and every one of us, must individually take in the word. That's why Jesus said, he says, I am the bread of life. This is, uh, he says, I am the bread of life. I think it's over in, in Matthew uh, 6.32. If, if you would, Matthew 6.32, write that one down. Jesus said, verily, verily, I say unto you, <clears throat> Moses gave you not the bread from heaven, but my father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which come down from heaven and give his life unto the word. Then Jesus said, then they said to him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And what did Jesus say? I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. <clears throat> Excuse me. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. He said, I have all the bread you need for your strength and nourishment. I have the water that you need <clears throat> for the body cannot live without water. So everything that the, the spiritual house and the physical house needs, Jesus says, I'm going to give you an example. You must have bread to live, otherwise you will starve to death. And you must have water, otherwise you will thirst to death. So he says, I am 
everything. <clears throat> him just taking that title and, and telling them, I am the bread of life. It's the same thing that he told Moses. He said, Moses, when Moses said, Lord, who shall I tell uh, the Hebrew children my, our God is? When he said, what is his name? He's, what did, the, what did the Lord say? He said, tell them I am that I am. Because he wanted them to know I am your sufficiency. I am if you will feast on me. If you will take my word and believe on my word, everything that you need is in me. And this is where we are today in the world. Everybody wants to be on stability. Everybody wants to have that <clears throat> have that supply so that in times of, 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 of lack, in times of when you're living your life, you don't want to be so, oh, I wonder where this is going to come from or that. And of course, we want to have, we must be dependent upon God, but God will give you a supply that you will have more and extra. And what do you mean by that, preacher? I mean that God wants to supply you so that you will have enough for you and, and also that you can be a blessing to others. Remember what scripture says? It said that so that men will see your good works and glorify God, which is in heaven. This and not only does that person, not only does is, is he or she blessed, the blessing becomes because they are satisfied and the overflow, they can bless others and sustain them. Whether it's through the word, whether it's through money, whether it's through helps, whether it's through uh, um, support, whatever is needed. You are that supply house because that's what God put us here for. That men would see that we are blessed, that we are the righteousness of God, that we are the blessed of God. That when you pray, that you, not the glory coming to you, but that they will see the good works that you do. That when you pray for someone, when they are hurting, that you will go and comfort them and you will tell them, you know, that God loves you. And not only that. But this situation, I believe that God can will bring and change this situation now. You might not see it in its beginning, but know that God is for you. That's what the world doesn't know. That everybody thinking, many think that God is, is, is a God of vengeance and he's ready to destroy them. And he's that old man in the sky that, you know, that, that at, the fair, at the very first misstep of the very first error, the very first uh, mistake that they may make, that they're going to be punished because God's out to get them. And they don't know that Jesus said, come unto me, all you that are laden and heavy laden and are burdened and are worn out, come unto me. He's saying, I am the bread of life. If you are thirsty, come unto me. That's why he said, he that hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. Let's go over there. To, I believe that's Matthew 5 and uh, Matthew 5 and 6. I believe. Let, me go, let me go to that real quick. Excuse me. Matthew 5 and 6. He said, blessed are they that are hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. He says, blessed are they which do hunger. And when you hunger after something, you're seeking. You 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 know you can have food at the house, but that sometimes you just get a taste. I got to have I got a taste for you know I I know what we got at the house, but I got a taste for I got a taste for 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 meat. I have a taste for vegetarian. I got a taste for salad. I got a taste for fruit. I got a taste for uh, melons. I got a taste for uh, whatever the case may be. Whatever whatever that your desire, God can meet your specific desire because He knows what you have need of. 
that's what the word of God is. God is about relationship. See, when you have relationship, you can meet specific needs. When a man and a woman come together, they, that woman, that man, they can meet their, each other's specific needs because they grow together. They learn each other in every aspect of life, physically, mentally. You know, and not that, that they are your, all, all everything is in that man or everything's in that woman, but that relationship on its level can meet your, uh, meet your uh, human needs as a man and a woman, as husband and wife. And God has put them there so that he or she won't have to look outside their marriage because they are complete in themselves. That's why scripture says they, these two shall be one. He didn't say these halves shall make one. Because if you are half of a person, you're incomplete. You're not looking for your better half. You're looking for your whole one. Because you are whole one. He is whole one. And when you come together, these two make one. You become one mind. You become one heart. You become with one focus. That's what the word of God and how God designed it over in the book of Genesis. He talked about how that uh, the man should forsake mother and father and cleave unto his wife, that these two shall become one. This is what God desires for us, that we will become one with him. He said, as, as I and my father are one. We can come one with God because he's given us his spirit on the inside. That's what God has done. He's given us his spirit on the inside. That's why he said, he blesses are they. That hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Let Jesus fill you because he's the bread of life and the water of life. He'll meet your every hunger, your every desire, and he'll make your desires his desires. Or somebody say, oh, you know, people have wicked desires. Yes, they do. That's why we submit ourselves to him. We submit ourselves. Scripture says, humble yourself before the mighty hand, under the mighty hand of God. When you humble yourself, that means not your will, not my will, Father, but your will. Not your way, but your way. That's when our ways become his. Because we become more like him. Because as we feast on him, as we hunger after him, he feeds us. He feeds us. He feeds us. For our spirit man is already there. Now God's working on that, 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 that soulish man, that mind, will, and emotion to where your mind and your will are submissive to him. And we are totally, wholly dependent on God. We're totally, wholly dependent upon God. No, we may not be there 100% today, but we're on the road. You are on the road. If you listen to this broadcast and you have a desire to please God, you are on the road. To being totally dependent on God. I am on the road. I'm not there yet. But I am on the road. To where my desires are becoming his desires. Yeah, after all these years, we still got something to work on. We still have something that the Father says, yes, keep coming. I got more for you. And you know, I've heard and I've, I've spoken in other other um, uh, other times about how the Ephesians 3.19 says, and to... And our desire is to what? Is to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that ye may be filled with all the fullness of God. He says his love. Isn't it past knowledge? It's, it's, so somebody said, how can I ever get God's love if it's past knowledge? 
is not past revelation. <laughs> we'll never get to the bottom of God because that would make you God. We will never know all of him. There's layer after layer after layer after layer. There's more of God. There's more of God. There's more of God. You can read the same scripture year after year after year and God give you revelation of it. For that 20th verse says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly. You know when you exceed, you go above. Abundantly. It means to the full. It means above full. It means when, you, when it's abundant, that means you can't contain it. Then he says, exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. There is a power in you. There is a power in you. There's an anointing in you that you have not yet released. Scripture says in the end, it will reveal of the glory that's within all of us. There is a glory in you. There is a majesty in you. There is a ruler. There is a king in you. There's this young lady. Yes, uh, uh, my sister. Yes, mother. There is a king in you. And God is wanting you to release him and to let him flow through you. I say the same thing to myself. There is glory in me that I've yet to discover. There is, the, there is more God in me than what I have exposed to myself, what, that God has revealed to me, and what I, that I can then allow the world to see. There is more God in you that you know of. But it's like Habakkuk said. Let's go now to Habakkuk, our second chapter, where the prophet said that he, he wanted to hear from God. This is Habakkuk and the Old Testament. Uh, Habakkuk, second chapter. Many of you have heard this, uh, this, 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 these few these scriptures before. The prophet Habakkuk, second chapter, first verse. He says, "I will stand upon my watch, and set me upon the tower, and I will watch to see what he will say to me, and what I shall answer when I am reproved." He was hungering after God. This is an Old Testament uh, believer. He was of the household of faith. He was of uh, the tribe of Israel. He was, uh, he was of the Hebrews. He was a blood son of Abraham. And he says in the second verse, And the Lord answered me, because Habakkuk was seeking him. And he said, Write this vision, and make it plain upon tables, that he may run that readeth it. God said, For everybody that will read, that will hunger after me, I will give you, I will fill you, even when they were under the law. If you sought after God, God met you and he blessed you. And then he says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. But at the end, it shall speak and not lie. Though it tarry, wait for it. Because it will surely come. It will not tarry. He's saying there is a time. He said there is a tarrying. There is a time of planting. There is a time of eating. And eating and eating, and you're not seeing the, the, the evidence of it or consuming. That's why Jesus said, I am the bread of life. We eat the bread. And you may not see the evidence in the morning. You may not see it next week or next month. But just keep on feasting on Jesus. Keep eating his word, meditating on it. Don't get in a hurry. He, the prophet said, Though it tarry, wait for it, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. 
In other words, at that appointed time, it won't be one second beyond the appointed time of God. Not one second beyond what God has appointed for you. He has success in his mind for you. He has blessing in mind for you. That's God's total plan for you, no matter where you are, no matter what you're going through. If you have surrendered your life to him, success and blessing is, on, is, is in line for you. If you will wait, if you will allow God to have his way in you, not your way, not your vision. That's why Jesus said, you got to feast on me. When he said, Lord, we want the bread. He said, I'm me. I'm the bread. I'm the one. If you feast on me, you will be filled. You will be, you will, uh, be complete. And you will know what God's purpose is for you. Now, let's go a little further. Let's go over to the book of Acts, where Jesus was preparing his uh, disciples as, they, as he was getting ready to go back to heaven. And as we read this, as we get ready to conclude this morning, we're going to read a bit again. This is things that we've read and we've read and we've read. But I want you just in the focus or in the, in the, in the subject we're talking about, about feasting on Jesus. This is what he was told his disciples to do as they waited on him. And he, he read, he says, uh, as, and it reads, and being assembled together with them. So Jesus was with the 120. I, mean, I believe it was 500. At, it might have been 500 at this time. At one time it was 500. Then it became 120. He was assembled with them. In other words, he was there. In that, just in that, listen at that language of what is how it describes this this church, who's about to see something that the world has never seen. The world experienced the Holy Spirit as Jesus walked the earth and his disciples, who uh, 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 the Lord spoke the Holy Spirit on them. But it says. And they demonstrate the acts of Christ. He says, and being assembled together. He's talking about a body. Assembled. That's what a body is. That's what the body of Christ is. It's assembled. I'm talking about the, 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 the worldwide church. The church of the, of, of, the, of the beloved son. The church of Jesus Christ. It is a body. All of us got a part in the body. You may not be the eyes. You may not be the hands. You may not be the feet. But you are part of the body. You are not insignificant. You are important. And the Bible says they were assembled. Everybody in their place. And it says, being assembled together with them, commanded them they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. And this Acts 1 and 4. For John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days Hence. Now let's go to, down to verse number eight. He says, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. He was giving them a vision of what and, and, and what their commission was. He says, I'm not going to just limit you to Jerusalem. I'm not going to just limit you to Judea. I'm not going to take you outside to Samaria where uh, there were people who who, who, who are not exactly like you, who some of you might have even despised at one time. But for these were Jews who married outside. That was before. Now Jesus is calling the whole world. And then he says, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. It was even beyond them. 
I don't know if they were, if they could comprehend, but they were eating it and eating it. And as they followed, as they followed him, they followed on to know that this is bigger than us. This is bigger than us. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than you. It's for your children who you can see. It's for your grandchildren. And if Jesus delays his coming, it's for your great-grandchildren and grands after them, after them, after them. Because God has something for, he has good things in plan for this earth. And for the people of God, he wants everybody saved. What does the scripture say? He wished that none should perish, but that all should come unto eternal life. But we know all, all won't accept him. Many reject him. Many don't even acknowledge him. They deny him. They actively deny him. And yet, Jesus still came. And if we, in spite of all the noise, and see, again, one of the things that I've come to know is that the enemy, his chief message, his chief tool that he uses is to bring about noise to distract you from what the Lord has truly said. Jesus told these uh, disciples to wait. They would have missed the blessing. They would have missed everything God had for them if they simply forgot about the commandment to wait. He said, they were assembled. He said, you go and wait. I've got something for you. And so, let's go down from, from uh, that verse there, from uh, 1 and 8. Now we're going to go down to verse 13. And it reads, And they will come in, and they went up into the upper room, where abode Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon the, the Zealot, Judas the brother of James. And they were all continued with one accord in prayer, supplication with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. So even Jesus' family now are believers. Oh, everybody. Because they saw the wonderful works that he had done. They heard the testimony. And that's what the word is hungry for. It's testimony. It's demonstration of what Jesus has done in your life. They, want, they need to see. Not only do they need to hear, but God wants to demonstrate who he is. Through you, not just through the preacher, not just through the evangelist, but through you. That when somebody tells you about their issue, no, we don't take the issue and, and discern it and dissect it and provide all the uh, uh, YouTube remedies. We say, let's pray. I believe God's got an answer for you. Designed just for you. And that will work your marriage out. Work this issue out with your children. Work this thing out with you will bring peace and, 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 and give you victory in your life. Come on, let's, let's try God. Let me, let me, can I pray with you? And just a simple prayer. Lord, we thank you for this son, this daughter. We declare, Lord, that you are victory in all things. And you've given us a victory over every plan, every plot of the enemy. Whether it's you're praying for sickness or healing or deliverance, whatever the case may be. In the name of Jesus, we declare it's done. And we declare they have a testimony that you have done this thing for them. God didn't ask you to counsel them. Just pray. Just a simple prayer. And let the mighty hand of God get involved in the situation. See, God needs somebody to declare his word. 
That's where the, our authority is, is in our mouth. The Bible says life and death are in the power of the tongue. We must allow God to come through our voice. You got to speak it. Speak it. And when we feast on Jesus, we see the evidence of the mighty God. The people of God see the evidence. The world sees. Your husband will see. Your children will see. Your wife will see. Your buddies on the job will see that you've been with Jesus. So let's go now as we close out into the second chapter. Uh, Acts 2. Now, here's some of that evidence that I was talking about. This is Acts, the second chapter. I'm just going to read this more that I talked now. It says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were assembled with one accord, one place. They were together. They were all feasting. They were all waiting. They were waiting. I believe they could see a togetherness. They had, the love of Christ was hovering over them. The Holy Spirit was waiting for that time. For he wanted to enter. Now, it was his turn. Jesus had departed. He says, I'm going to send you a comforter. And the Holy Ghost was ready. Waiting on them. And suddenly came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Filled the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it set upon each of them. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues. As the Spirit gave them utterance. They opened their mouth. And they gave voice to what the Holy Ghost was saying through them. He's not going to take over your tongue. You've got to utter. He will give you the language. And they were, they all, and they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under the heaven. And when it was noised abroad, people started talking about those people. Those 120 people were making so much noise. The fire was in the house. They didn't, it balled over. We've all, if you've ever been in the kitchen and you did, uh, uh, and, and put something in the pot and it, and, it, and it got so heated and it started overflowing. The Holy Spirit was overflowing from the upper room. It went out into the streets. And it says, it was noise abroad, six, two and six. The multitude came. They were confounded because that every man spoke in his own language. They were amazed and marveled, saying one to another, behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? They were, um, that's what God wants to do. He wants to amaze. He wants to confound the world when they see the God that they said was dead. The God that they said was insignificant. The God that they said was no longer interested in the affairs of men. That he gets involved. That's called relationship. Where we let God get involved in our everyday life. People of God, let's feast on Jesus. Eat his word. Get your daily supplements. We take, we take vitamins every day. You drink water, you eat every day. Why not feast on the word? Give God his time. Give him his time. More than two minutes. More than your 30-second prayer. Give him time to meditation, to reading the word, to pray it in tongues. For God. This is a time when we see all these things happening in the world. From the economy to the weather to family to politics. All these things going on and the world is being turned upside down. But God is able. He's going to keep his children. 
if he kept them in the times when the last church came out of the wilderness, came out of the wilderness, when they came out of Egypt, he's going to keep this church before Jesus comes again. There is going, this world is going to be turned right side up as far as the church is concerned. And there'll be many, many in the church. Remember, there, there are many church goers, but everybody don't have a relationship. If you got a relationship with God, you know the end is soon to come. We know that Jesus is soon to come. No, we don't live and go run to the hills. We don't go run and hide in a cave. We don't go underground. We just let our light shine. Let Christ be seen in you. This was Paul's prayer in Ephesians 3.15. He said that of 3.15, he said, of whom the whole world, the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he will grant unto you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might by his spirit, where? In the inner man. That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye may be rooted and grounded in love and may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, length, depth, and height and know the love of Christ. This is what comes about when we feast on Jesus. I pray this message is something, something to you today. If it does, I pray that you will share it with someone else. Tell them about Journeys in Grace. How You can go out to Spotify, go on uh, Google and Google not only this message, but there is a whole series that I have of five, I believe five plus messages on feasting on Jesus. And there are other subjects that you could avail yourself of and make it. Then you find somebody that's in need and need an encouraging word. I pray that you would share this with them. And not only yourself, but we put out something every week, at least once or twice a week, so that it'll be a blessing to the body of Christ. And if this is a blessing to you, tell somebody else about it so that they can know about that uh, this is just another resource. I am not the only voice. Uh, there are many, there are hundreds, thousands, millions that are making that clarion call that our Savior lives. He lives not only in me, but there are people there, whether they're nationally known or just you and me, who can share the word with our circle. There are people in the world that I'll never reach, but you do because you have influence, because you have relationship. Father, we thank you for those who listen today. I pray that their hearts will be encouraged. I pray, oh Lord God, for those who aren't saved, Lord, that they get saved. That they would hear that this God that we serve is a God of relationship and more than that, he's a God of love. And I pray that they would encounter him for love corrects, love strengthens, love fixes, love, oh Lord God, is you and that's who you are. And I pray for the saints and the believers, Lord, who might hear, who do hear. I pray, Lord, that they will continue to feast on you. They will take everything. They will clean their place, Lord, because we know you have more and more and more and more for each and every one of us. We pray these things again. And I pray you will join us again for Journeys in Grace.